Thank you, Greg and Linda. So you guys might not know Greg and Linda well. If you don't, you need to get to know them. Um, so it's missions month here at the church. And, and if you don't know Greg and Linda, then you might not know that they are missionaries from this church. About 30 years ago, we sent them out and they went to China. They went to all these foreign lands, Florida, um, some other places, and just have been serving God. But, but at this season of life, God has brought them back and they're still doing the work of missions. They're just doing it here um, in this area. And, and so I love the stories they just told you. They work perfectly with what we're going to talk about today. Today we're going to talk about testifying to the good news of God's grace. And here's the thing. They didn't come up here and tell you all about the programs they've been a part of and all of that. What they told you was about the opportunities they've had to share Christ with others. And, and that's what we're going to see from Paul today. Um, but I just want to say thanks for your faithfulness. Uh, what, what a wonderful gift to get to share ministry with wonderful people. And thanks for being faithful on an airplane, at Home Depot, or Lowe's, wherever it was, to share your faith. And listen, we all have those opportunities. Here's what I want you to get in, in this missions month. So it's missions month that's not just about programs. It's about God's calling on each and every one of our lives to testify to the good news of God's grace. And listen, if you will seek his leading, if you will seek God's leading, God will give you opportunities to share your faith. And you don't have to be some great scholar or theologian. God gives you opportunities just to share your story, and he'll work through it. And so, like I said, it's Mission Month. We're in a series, we're starting a series called The Better Way. And what we're talking about is the fact that when we give of ourselves, when we serve God, it's the better way. And so over the next three weeks, we're going to be looking at missions, not just across the globe, but right here. And really, I want this to be personal for you, that the better way to live is to serve Him and to be a missionary for God. Uh, so our church's vision is upward, outward, forward. You've probably heard me talk about this before. If, if you've been around for a while, upward, that every person we come in contact with, we want to help them grow closer to Jesus. Outward, that we have something to share, that we want to serve our community, we want to serve around the world, and we want to share Christ with others. And forward, that we're going to invest in the future of the church, that our church has this great past. Our church is 60-some years old. Sorry, I don't have it. Uh, right now off the top of my head, 60-some years old, great past, great history. We're in this great facility that God has built through this church, but we got a great future. And, and it's not about what God's done in the past. It is, but it's also about what God is going to do in the future. And, and so this is Missions Month. This is outward-focused. And I just want to tell you some of the things. We are a missional church. We believe in serving our community. We have all sorts of opportunities for you to get involved in outreach, different ministries that we partner with, different things that we do, ministry around the community. We had this great opportunity that God just dropped in our lap uh, about a month ago to, to, um, to host Hopewell Junior High School. And for two weeks, we had 480 students hanging out for school in this room and around our building. What a great opportunity for us to serve the community. And we believe that God has given us the finances, the resources, the facility, that everything God's given us is to be used to build his kingdom. That's the outward piece of this vision. And it's, it's not just about the church. It's about every one of us. And so we believe we are called outward. We also support global missions. There are missionaries all over the world 
Nazarene, not Nazarene. There are people all over the world trying to build the kingdom, and we want to support and, and serve missions. And so we believe in global missions. Last year, we went on two trips. We went to Guatemala, and we went to El Salvador. There were also some other trips right here locally, down to Kentucky and different places. But, but we believe in global mission. This year, this next year, in 2024, we're going to go to Kenya. I got to go to Kenya in 1999, and I get to go back and see if the building that I helped build is still standing. And I can't wait to see it. I can't wait to go back. We're going to Kenya. We're going to go back to Guatemala. We have the opportunity to partner with the life centers in Guatemala. That's something we started last year in March there was a life center that started. A life center is, is a school, a place that kids get meals and education. So we, we have in Chinaboquil, Guatemala, we have a life center that we partner to support. And that's part of serving the kingdom. That's part of building the kingdom. And we do that through missions. And by the way, good news. The, the work in Guatemala is growing and we started in a partnership with Springdale Church and, and, and partnered for Chino Boquillo, but the Life Centers are growing, and there's a new Life Center opening up this next year in 2024, and it's in a place called, you're going to practice this with me, ready? Sechina Pamech. Are you ready? Say it. Sechina Pamech. And so we are going to step out. Springdale's going to hang on to Chena Boquil. We're going to step out, and Sechina Pamech is going to be our life center that we partner with, and we feed the kids meals, and, and, and we get to go there and serve. And, and so we believe in missions. We are a missional church. But I can talk all I want about programs. Listen, being an outward church is not about programs. We will only be the church that God calls us to be when all of us on planes, at Home Depot, at work, at school, share the good news of Jesus Christ. So today we're going to look at Acts chapter 20, um, and, and what we're going to see here is, is the better way. This is Paul's farewell to the church um, at Ephesus. He, he gathers together with the leaders of the church at Ephesus. And he says his farewell to them. But what we're going to see is that there's a better way. See, we often view serving or giving or investing as sacrificing. That when I give, I'm losing something. When I serve, when I give my time, when I give my energy, I'm losing something. But what I want you to see through this series is it's the better way. We don't lose something. We gain something when we pour ourselves out for God's kingdom. Listen, I've, we, we all, this every year we go on mission trips, and we think, hey, we're going to go over there, and we're going to pour ourselves out, and God's going to do great things there. And every year we come back, and the message is the same. God did incredible things in my life and there. See, when we pour out, I have never given something that I regretted giving to somebody else or to God's kingdom. God is faithful, and it's the better way to pour yourself out. And so we're going to see Paul's farewell. Why don't you stand with me? Acts chapter 20. Um, so Paul started the church in Ephesus. 
He had three different missionary stints there, some of them lasting years. So, so he is invested in this place, and he's actually on his way elsewhere. And, but he didn't want to go back to Ephesus because he knew if he went back, it would take him way too long. He would talk. Uh, my kids say this thing, PTF, parents talk forever. Paul knew if he went to Ephesus, it would take him forever because he loved these people so much. So he sent them a message, and he said, hey, come meet me. And so he gathers with the leaders of the church of Ephesus and gives his farewell. Acts chapter 20, verse 17. From Miletus, Paul sent to, the Ephesus, uh, sent to Ephesus for the elders of the church. When they arrived, he said to them, you know how I have lived the whole time I was with you. From the first day I came into the province of Asia, I served the Lord with great humility and with tears, and in the midst of severe testing by the plots of my Jewish opponents. You know that I have not hesitated to preach anything that would be helpful to you, but have taught you publicly and from house to house. I have declared to both Jews and Greeks that they must turn to God in repentance and have faith in our Lord Jesus. And now, verse 22, compelled by the Spirit... I'm going to Jerusalem, not knowing what will happen to me there. I only know that in every city the Holy Spirit warns me that prison and hardships are facing me. However, I consider my life worth nothing. My only aim is to finish the race and complete the task the Lord Jesus has given me, the task of testifying to the good news of God's grace. Praise the Lord. Have a seat. Thank you for standing. We stand because we want God to speak to us through his word. That's my prayer today, is that God will speak to us. So there's, there's two parts of this. Paul is he's gathering with the, the leaders of the church at Ephesus, and he's looking back and kind of giving a report card of what's happened before. And then he's talking about what's, happening, what's going to happen, and he gives kind of his purpose statement. And so two things we're going to look at. First, um, we'll, we'll look at... His report card. By the way, let me take a quick moment, if you don't mind. We announced over several weeks that my pastoral review was going to happen, my six-year review. Hard to believe I've been here six years. That was a few weeks ago. You guys may have figured this out by now, but things went okay. I'm still here. I'm up here, right? Um, it, it, was, it was a great review. Uh, <laughs> um, so every, after two years of, of pastoring, you have a review, and then six years, so every four years after that second year. And, and so we had a, a great review. It was a great time to look at the church and the health of the church and, and the relationship between the church and the pastor. And, and I just want to say this. I am so thankful. This is a great church, and it is a privilege to serve here. I get to serve with some really awesome people. And I'm so thankful for that, and it's hard to believe. I, I've been here 16 years, <laughs> one year in 2003 to 2004, and then from 2008 until now, and for six years as the lead pastor. And, and so I'm, I'm looking at this, and I'm thinking of Paul. I'm not saying farewell, don't worry, not, or, or don't be happy. I don't know which one you would be, worried or happy, but I'm not saying farewell. But, but what I'm saying is this, looking at 16 years, you kind of look back and you think, what's the report card? Paul is sharing the report card. He started the church. He had several, you know, stays with the church. These were his people. And he looks back and he says, here's what's happened. So this is the report card. Now, listen, this could sound like bragging. Don't hear this as bragging. 
Paul is not bragging about how great he is. Because if you read elsewhere, you'll see that Paul is the first one to tell you that he is unworthy, that he is the least of the evangelists or the prophets or the missionaries. And so this isn't bragging, but what he's doing is he's looking back and he's trying to set an example for the leaders at Ephesus. He knows he's not going to see them again. And so he's trying to set an example. So, so two things he says. First off, at the end of his time in Ephesus, Paul can say, number one, that he served the Lord faithfully. Look at verse 18. He says, you know how I lived the whole time I was with you from the first day I came into the province of Asia. I served with great humility and with tears and in the midst of severe testing by the plots of my Jewish opponents. Let me, let me stop here and just look at one thing. He says, you know how I lived. He didn't say, you know everything I've said. He says, you know how I lived. This is really important. As followers of Christ, as ministers, and I'm not just talking about pastors that are on stage, I'm talking about all of us, how we live is as important or more important than what we say. And so he says, you know how I've lived when I was there with you. He says, I serve the Lord with great humility and with tears. Man after my own heart right there. <laughs> with tears. And then he says this, in the midst of severe testing. Let me just tell you the truth that if you follow Jesus and if you seek to do the will of God, there's going to be testing and trials. If you minister to others, if you share your faith, just to be real with you, it's not all going to be perfect. Not everything's going to work out perfectly all the time, but, but you can trust that God is with you. There will be difficulties. And Paul is looking back at his years with the church in Ephesus, and he says, you know how I've lived. I lived humbly. I lived with humility, even in the face of trials. When we face difficulty... We have a choice. We can live in humility or we can live in selfishness. So, so just, hey, I have been blessed to be the lead pastor here for six years. That doesn't mean they've all been easy. And very few of them have been easy. I don't know if anything's easy in, in this line of work, but, but praise God, he's faithful. And, and it says, I lived in humility and with tears, he says, even though I've been through a lot, even though people challenged me, even though people came against me, even though there were trials, even though all of this bad stuff happened, you know how I lived. I lived humbly. See, when we face opposition, we can go at it two ways. Number one, we can come in humility, or we can come for self-preservation. We can try to win we can try to help ourselves. Paul says, you know how I lived. I lived in humility. Here's what I've learned. That if you're in it for yourself, if you choose your way, if you're about building your own brand or winning or getting your way, you're going to get yourself into a lot of trouble. You're going to cause yourself great issues. Uh, there's a show I've been watching. It's like they have to make these tough choices. A am I going to let this happen or am I going to win? And every time they choose to win, they choose a way that causes them to have skeletons in their closet. Here's the thing. If we're living for our own selfish will, we're going to have things that hold us down. 
Paul says, I lived for the gospel, I lived for God, I lived in humility, and here, after all these years, as he says bye, he says, I've been faithful. Once again, he's not bragging, he's holding up as an example. I said this last week, our job is obedience, God's job is the outcome. It's really easy for us to want to control the outcome. Paul says, trust God. The better way is to trust God and to be obedient. The second thing, at the end of his time in Ephesus, Paul can say that he always put the best interest of others first. Verse 20, you know that I've not hesitated to preach anything that would be helpful to you, but I've taught publicly, uh, I've taught you publicly and from house to house. I've declared to both Jews and Greeks that they must turn to God in repentance and have faith in the Lord Jesus. So number one, I was faithful, even in the midst of trials, I did what I needed to do, I was humble, I served faithfully, but also I always put others' best interest first, is what Paul is saying. I always put your, your best interest first. He says, I always preached to you what you needed. Let me clarify this, not what you wanted to hear, what you needed to hear, the gospel, the truth. It would be really easy to stand up. There are a lot of people that grow churches by telling people what they want to hear. Paul says, as I look back, not only was I faithful, but I preached the truth to you. I preached the gospel. I told you to repent and turn to the Lord Jesus. And so he's saying, look, as I look back, the report card's good. I faithfully served. Praise God. Pastor Deb, last week we celebrated 22 years plus at this church. Praise God for her faithfulness. If we're giving her a report card, we're giving her an A plus, aren't we? Awesome faithfulness to the church. Not for her glory, for God's glory. She was an example for me, for others. You, if you were at the dinner, you saw videos from other pastors, and they all said kind of the same thing, like, thank you for not just impacting the churches, but for impacting us. She lived an example. Paul is saying, this is the example. This is the better way. Serve humbly. Preach truth. And he's setting the example not to brag, but to show the leaders of the church at Ephesus, how they should live. See, his example wasn't just his, it came from somewhere else. Philippians chapter 2 says this, in your relationships with one another, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus, who being in very nature God, did not consider equality with, him, with God something to be used to his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness. Do you Humility. And being found in appearance of man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. Therefore, God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every name, that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue acknowledge that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. See, Paul says, this is the example that I've set, but the example I've set is just the example that Jesus set. And so... Now he's talking to this, the church at Ephesus. This isn't bragging. This is saying this is what you need to do going forward. This is what it looks like to lead well, to follow Christ. So, so that's the, 
report card. That's the past. Now we'll move into the future. Paul says, now compelled by the Spirit, I'm going to Jerusalem, not knowing what will happen to me there. I only know that in every city the Holy Spirit warns me that prison and hardships are facing me. That's tough stuff, isn't it? He looks back and he says, God's been with me through some pretty difficult things, through challenges, through trials. Then he says, I don't know exactly what's going to happen in the days ahead, but I do know that the Holy Spirit's warned me that there's some difficult things ahead. Can you imagine if Pastor Deb would have stood up here last week and said, praise God for his faithfulness. Now I look, go, look forward to going down to Florida, and I can't wait because prison and hardship await me. Paul says, I, I know what's happened before, and I was faithful, and, and I don't know exactly what's going to happen, but I know that there are challenging days ahead. Listen to verse 24. However, I consider my life worth nothing to me. My only aim is to finish the race and complete the task the Lord Jesus has given me, the task of testifying to the good news of God's grace. As he moves forward, he knows there's hard days ahead, but he says, it doesn't matter because my life isn't what's important. God's glory and God's kingdom are what are important. And so I'm going to continue on to finish the race, to testify to the good news of God's grace. He says, I consider my life worth nothing to me. You guys know that's a difficult thing to say, right? Maybe it's easy to say it's difficult to do. He says, it's not about what's, what's happening to me. It's about what God wants. It's, it's really easy to say that sometimes, to say, hey, it doesn't matter what's happening to me, but, but let's be honest that every once in a while, maybe we get in the mindset of saying, hey, God, I'm living completely for you, but I sure would like it if you could make things a little bit easier. We, we don't like going through trouble, do we? And he says, no, my life doesn't matter to me. The only thing that matters is that I'm faithful to finish the race, the task that God has called me to. I like the way the King James Version says it. It says, but none of these things move me. He says, I know I'm facing trouble and hardship, prison and, and difficulty, but none of those things move me, neither count I my life dear unto myself, so that I may finish my course with joy and the ministry which I've received of the Lord Jesus to testify the gospel of the grace of God. He, he knows what's coming ahead and it's difficult, but he says that's not going to move me from what God's called me to. Uh, every once in a while, Megan and I will have this conversation, hey, knowing what we know now, knowing some of the hardships and the difficulties we've been through, would we do it again? Paul has been through tough things. He's been beaten. He's been imprisoned. He, he's gone through difficulty over and over again. And what he's saying here is, I know that more is coming and I will sign up for it every time because it's the better way to trust God. Obedience is his job. The outcome is God's. And so he, has, he says, none of this will move me. Regardless of what he has to face, he will be obedient and faithful to God. Why? Because God is always faithful. Because he knows that his life counts for something. Listen, I, I don't know what you're passionate about. I don't know what you're really into. 
I don't know what you value, but I know this. You have a choice. You can live for your bank account. You can live for your good name. You can live for power. You can live for yourself, and you will end up empty. Those are things that are not eternal. Those are things that pass away. Or you can choose to trust God and give him everything. And Paul says the better way is to pour yourself out. He says it doesn't matter what happens to me because I know that serving God and finishing the race is the right thing. But he, he doesn't just say he doesn't just say that. He doesn't just say, I've got to finish the race so I can be miserable and do what's right. He says, I want to finish the race and finish my course with joy. This is what I talked about earlier. When we pour ourselves out, it doesn't matter what happens to us, we can receive God's joy. So when you give, when you serve, when you go through difficult times, if you put him first, you will have a joy that can't be explained. It's the better way. And so Paul says, despite beatings, imprisonment, hardships, Paul has found true joy in serving Christ. And how does he serve Christ? Verse 24. He's, he's keeping with the task, the task of testifying to the good news of God's grace. You know what I love about that part? You heard it from Greg and Linda, missionaries of 30 years and they stood up here and they didn't tell you all about um, all the programs they were a part of. They didn't tell you about all their successes. You know what they told you about? They told you about their opportunities to share Jesus with others. Paul says, he, he could sit here and he could brag. He could say, look at how we grew the church. Look at all we did. I mean, I'm the founder. Look at this. He says, no, I want to finish the race to testify to the good news of God's grace. You know what Paul was passionate about? Sharing Christ with others. Sharing Christ with others. Why was Paul passionate about this? Because the gospel was really good news to Paul. And can I just say this? The gospel is really good news to each and every one of us. Paul was a great example of the gospel, of the good news, of God's grace, because Paul wasn't just a sinner. He was an enemy of God. If you know his story, his name was Saul at one point, and he persecuted the church, and he, worked, he, he literally worked against God's church and God's kingdom, and, and he put people to death. I mean, he was rotten. He was the worst of the worst. That's his backstory. But while he was an enemy of God, God chose him. God forgave him. God called him into service, and God gave him a purpose can I just tell you today that I don't, I don't know what you've been through, but I do know this, that all of us have chosen our own path. Scripture tells us that all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. We have all missed it at some point or another. And my guess is we've all probably missed it a whole lot. We've all been enemies of God. Maybe you didn't know you were an enemy of God, but if you were living for yourself, if you were living selfishly, you were an enemy of God. But here is the, the beautiful news of the gospel today, that God loves you, that God chooses you, that God forgives you, that God transforms you, that God calls you, and God sends you and gives you a purpose. That's the gospel. And so Paul has to share it. 
Because it's his story. It's his salvation. Here's what we're going to do. Um, I'm going to have the worship team come up. And, and here's what I want to do. I, I want us just, I know some of you have been in the church for decades. And you've heard messages of grace. And you've known God's love and God's grace over and over again. Maybe some of you are new to it. And, and this is new to you. And this, listen, God chooses you. God loves you. God forgives you for your sins. God calls you and God sends you and gives you purpose. And so today I want you, whether you've been here for 80 years or whether you've been here for one week, I want you to experience God's grace and God's mercy and God's salvation again. So will you stand with me? And I'm going to pray for us, and the worship team's going to lead us in a song. And here's the deal. Block out any distractions. Listen, this isn't, we'll get to the calling later. But today, I want you to receive God's grace. I know that some of you have received it over and over again. Today, I want you to once again feel his love and his grace new. I want you to know that he loves you, that he chooses you, that he forgives you for your sins, that he, he changes you, he calls you, and he gives you a purpose. So as we sing this song, I just want to invite you to know his love and his grace. Father, speak to us. Help us to feel your love now. If anyone in here has, is living as an enemy to your gospel and your kingdom, Lord, I pray that they would surrender themselves to you. Lord, for each and every one of us, from the youngest to the oldest, from the newest Christian to the oldest Christian to the person who doesn't even know you as their Savior, Lord, I pray today we would know your grace, we would experience you, and that we would turn to you. We love you, Lord. We thank you. In Jesus' name, amen.